Hello friends and welcome to your Monday edition of the Kings of Anglia Ipswich Town podcast. I can't bring you news of a win, but I can bring you red hot chat and insight from two very wise men, Andy Warren and Stuart Watson. I'm Mark Heath. Ipswich Town dominated a game yet again on Saturday and they didn't come away with three points. So friends, is it, as people referring to it, one of those days, just another one of those days, or is it perhaps something a wider trend that we need to be start getting a little bit worried about. We shall discuss that in due course. But first of all, let me just introduce the boys, starting with a man who is wearing a very fashionable new haircut. Andy the Hutchman, Hutch Hogan, high top Warren. How are you? I feel analysed. Um, my hair is what it is, but I'm told it's different. And it's never different. It's never normally different. It is different. But- it's, 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 different now. it's verging on a skin fade slash footballer's haircut, my friend. Mm. As I was well, just saying in the green room, the lad down the road, 17 years old, has the same haircut. I'm 36, mate. Yeah, but you're still, you're still cool, aren't you? No, obviously not. <laughs> um, I was at my brother, my brother and sister-in-law's yesterday and they, they noticed my hair and said, you know, that would be, that would be good. You just use a bit of mousse. That would that would help with that. I'm not not using a bit of mousse. Have you ever used products on your hair? Do you use products on your hair? Um, sometimes to keep to keep it from billowing out at the sides and becoming like proper Jonah Hill afro from Superbad. Mm. Look, look, but never, probably never to actually. But obviously, back in the day, I used to put like a massive handful of that glumpy, gloopy, massive sticky gel on my hair and just put it as much like, of that in. it was like bright blue wasn't it yeah just put as much of that in as you possibly can because that's cool wet look yeah. um because that was cool um, have i have i discussed on here my my uh hairspray habit and how that got me into uh into trouble have i mentioned no, that on here? no you haven't how can hairspray get you into trouble well back in the day uh people who knew me at school would attest to this in the kind of i was year nine year ten i had the standard curtains like that yep because I've got quite voluminous hair, actually, not quite as voluminous as yours, but it's quite left to its own devices, it will stand like that. Um, I had to use a lot of hairspray to corral it a lot. We're talking like a bottle or so a week, and it was like rock hard. And one morning, I was I walked down the village shop to get my usual bottle of hairspray, and uh, I, I just so happened to be behind the head teacher or kind of loitering around as he was chatting to the uh, the shopkeep who. I overheard telling telling him about her, her concern about a lad who was buying loads of hairspray from the shop. This is, you know, <laughs> uh, so <laughs> I quickly I quickly kind of exited, and my hair was ridiculous from that point forward, um, which led to a change of hair, and uh, it was actually a bit of a flat top. But I I introduced anyway. I digress. Stuart Watson, you used straighteners on your hair back in the day, and as punishment, you you were made bald. How are you? Uh, yes, that is accurate. I did. I did. You, I had. You used straighteners. I was very much sort of, sort of through through school days. Was the uh, the French crop with that? I um, was more the wax that really sort of beeswaxy, sticky that left you know if you if residue everywhere. Um, that was that sort of in between as Simon French crop, and then more probably uni days was then became a bit of an in, indie haircut with a big sweepy big sweepy fringe that I sort of straightened and, and stuff like that. So, yeah. And now I have this. <laughs> <laughs> you got that. That's what you're working with. I can see skulking in the lobby 
man like Roscoe, I'm going to bring in. We, uh, friends, just to give you an insight, we said we'd start recording this at 10 a.m. It is now 23 minutes past 10, and Ross has just appeared. Um, so I'm sure he's got an excuse. Let's find out what it is today. More personal stuff, no doubt. Ross, why are you so scandalously late? Um, I was waiting for a, a link, to be honest. Oh, but... don't give me that. We, ne- <laughs> we never, ever send links now. What are you talking about? We just agree a time True. and then meet in, in the lobby. That's, oh, that's a pathetic my, my bad. My bad. Ross, um, what do you make of, of Hotchie's new fashionable haircut? Looks cool. Is it really different? Kids. Is it, it really is. different? Yeah. Seriously? I think it really is. When I saw you in on your post-match reaction video on Saturday night, I got quite excited, for want of a better word. I, I believe I started messaging the group, saying Hutchie's had a skin fade. He's got a cool haircut. He's also got giant hands. That was the big yeah, takeaway. Yeah, the, the angle on that was interesting, that. wasn't it? <laughs> I think the fact that we're all using the word cool here would suggest that we're probably not... Not cool. Oh, that's that... a really cool haircut. That's as what, what your mum would say when you go around to see her yesterday, I imagine. Very, Ooh, very, that's very, very trend- cool. Trendy. Mm. Very trendy. With it. Um, friends, we are now made complete with the addition of Ross. So we have three wise kings now to break down what happened on, at the weekend. I think there's quite a lot of interesting chat to be had after in terms of the wider picture and obviously the injury concerns now. But shall we start just by talking about the game? Um, and I'm going to start with you, Stewie, because you penned Stu says yesterday. Um, and I think you came to the conclusion that all's okay. But what what did you make of the uh, what did you make of the game itself? Really enjoyed watching Ipswich is the first thing I want to say. I think if you were one of the twenty five thousand fans that were there of a home persuasion, beyond the frustration of the result, you'd have really enjoyed the performance. I think we all have to remind ourselves how much more enjoyable and entertaining this Ipswich Town team is to watch. Kieran McKenna makes the point that he'd much rather be in charge of the blue team than the red team in that sort of scenario when it's attack versus defence. It wasn't that long ago that we were falling out of love with it a little bit and fans were, you know, season tickets were dropping and attendances were dropping because... Ipswich were the red team in that scenario, the team that were kind of the underdogs and having to grind it out. And we didn't particularly enjoy that. So um, there wasn't a lot wrong with that performance, apart from the finishing touch of, of a goal um, here and there to, to turn to turn a good performance into, into a good result. But um, that first half was, you know, for a 20-minute spell, was some scintillating football in there scintillating Andy yeah yeah early on I, th- I thought they were nearly immaculate for 20 25 minutes they're just crisp everything was crisp well oiled everybody was everybody was on was on song um they were operate operating at, at speed they came out the traps they obviously scored very early which um which is task number one in games that like this which played out exactly how we expected it to play to play out in terms of the pattern of, of play and, and how that settled down. Um, but that's the real frustration. They did, they did everything. They did what they needed to do. The mate, the biggest hurdle they overcame by, by scoring an early goal. And um, mm. from there, I'm sure almost everybody inside that ground expected Ipswich, Ipswich to go on and, and comfortably, comfortably win that game from one nil up because the, the trouble against teams working like Cheltenham were, comes when you don't score um and that's why i guess it's really really frustrating because the the job was more than half done 
Mm. Uh, on a side note, great to see Wolfie score. The, the celebration, obviously, marking his, his newborn baby. Boys, have you had a, chat to, a chance to chat to, to Wolfie about becoming a father yet? What what advice would you give him? You, you've both got, you've both been where he is now. <laughs> What's that like, those first few days slash weeks? This is relatable. People can relate to this. I feel, it feels like a bit of a kind of a, this is, this is the thing. This is why it's so different for Luke. Like, we took some time off work and lived yeah. in a little bit, in a little bit of a bubble with like, our, our daughters and 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 wives Se- separately. We did this separately, Stu and I. Just to be clear, this <laughs> just, was not just stress. <laughs> this this wasn't a group activity. We we do do some things apart, and and welcoming new life was one of those things. Um, but athletes don't get to do that. Like I, I wasn't surprised that that Luke didn't play at Bracknell on on Monday mm. when when there was the option for some players not to play. But he was he was training before that game. He was back in training within like a day or or so of of, of becoming a dad. So that that's always really really fascinated me. And I know it's something that Stu's always been really interested in as well. Just how a how an athlete deals deals with mm. that because we like when we had our little girl just took a couple of weeks off work and kind of worked out how to be a dad which you don't ever really do but um it, not sure how luke would have been able to do that it would be back at work within two days you're right though aren't you i mean it was, you had a chat with freddie Zappo in the summer as well he's in a similar position but rest and recovery mm. is so important to an athlete um and rest and recovery Stu, is, is not something you get a lot of is it when you've got a, a new mm-hmm. uh, a new baby <laughs> No, I, I, well, I would imagine they might play that athlete card at home. Well, I've got to be in tip-top condition for training in the morning. I'll, I'll, I'll retire to the spare room and let you get on with it. I don't know, but um, it is fascinating. I think sort of um, sports people and becoming sort of fathers is is, a, is an interesting, deeper chat to to find different people's experiences. There was um, what was the name of the doc, the BBC sort of radio documentary recently with Carl Robinson and, and Paul Warren on there? And there was moment um, of truth. Yeah, and they there was sort of differing views from those two, where sort of Paul Warren was a bit bemused that I think it was Dan Barlazer had just become a dad and wanted mm. the wanted to miss the next game because or because of the birth or something, and he couldn't quite get his head around that. He was talking about in in my day, I sort of uh, well, that's it. You just uh, I, if I was there for the birth, I was there. If I wasn't, I was playing, sort of thing. And and Carl Robinson actually took more of a kind of a a modern view on that. That yeah, family comes first, and just because they're they're footballers, it doesn't mean they should be any different to to the rest of us. So yeah, I'm sure uh, I'm sure Luke's uh, world is a little bit different at the moment. But um, ni- nice of him to to get that goal at the weekend. Absolutely. That was a massive digression. Um, so I think we left it as a, a town got the early goal. Then they got pegged back. Roscoe, you're, you're someone who's yet to procreate, as far as I know. Um, did town score a second goal, though? Hmm. Pitchers say different things, but it didn't happen, did it? Um, <laughs> didn't score another goal. Um, I was thinking, while you were chatting, I was trying to think of a very good word, because Stu said a good word. And I was like, my vocab isn't as high up as Stu's. So I what? just went, it was a right the first 30 minutes. Okay, right. so we've had, we've had scintillating, immaculate, and you're you're contributing. It's all right, bro. It's all right. It's all right. right. Yeah, not too it's bad. Right. Not too bad. And what did you make of the, the wider game, though, Ross? Obviously, um, town dominated. We, mm-hmm. we said that they may have actually, in fact, have scored a second goal. Yeah. Um, but overall, what did you make of it? It's what I expected, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I thought we'd, I'm, I'm pleased we actually 
came out of the game fast. I was hoping we were going to score an early goal, and that's what we did. Um, and yeah, nice to see Wolfie score. Um, nice to see like a back post, you know, goal as well. You know, someone like the back post, you know, making sure because we don't do that, that that often. We need to do that more often. Um, yeah. But yeah. I want to say this right now, you know, some listeners may be thinking, oh, don't say it, but fair play to Cheltenham. I thought they they dug in deep, they blocked every ball. Of course, they had a few little moments. You could say they were shithousing, but you're going to do that when you come to Portland, right? I don't think that was that bad. Um, but yeah, it's one of those days where you just don't know how some of those shots didn't go in. Um, mm. And of course, what's, you know, talk wider on that, but just another one of those days where you just think, how didn't we score? Again, on that on that harness, oh, did it or didn't it cross the line? I don't think there's any kind of conclusive evidence on that one. People are, are stopping still frames as the ball's coming down off the bar, and um, you can't tell from that that angle unless you're looking side on. Um, it was pretty close from what you can see, but I don't think anyone can conclusively say there's no goal line goal line tech used below the championship, obviously. Um, but it wasn't just that chance, was it? I mean. Um, I didn't realise I watched a bit of the game back this morning and the Leaf Davis header just before they equalised was a really big chance. Unmarked header at the far post. Cameron Humphreys has a massive chance just before half-time as well. And um, I think if Ipswich either go 2-0 up or restore the lead before half-time, then then they go on to really enjoy themselves and probably go on to win by, by quite a comfortable margin. Hmm. I'm going to stick with you, Stu, because you said a couple of weeks ago that games like this are going to be some of the hardest games that Town have to play going forward. And again, so it proved. And obviously McKenna alluded to that after the game, didn't he? But also Wade Elliott, I thought in his post-match comments were quite interesting, where he said, it's not luck. We we practised for this. We we Everything we worked on this week was basically being under the cosh and how we defend and how we put bodies on the line sort of thing. Who's that knocking on the door? I might be the window cleaner at my house. All right. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, Stu, talk a little bit about that um, because, like Stu, like Rossi says, there is there is some praise to be had to be dished out to Cheltenham as well, isn't there? Yeah, much, much as there was after the Lincoln game as well. Defending is an art form. Proper bodies on the line stuff from them. Um, yeah, these games are going to be difficult and, and there will probably be other other frustrating days like this. Um, McKenna talked in the build-up how Cheltenham would have probably looked at the Lincoln game. As a reference point, other teams now, sort of the so-called bottom half teams in this division, will now look at both these two games and think that's how you, you go to Portman Road mm. and get, get something. Um, it's frustrating now, but what I will say is that there is a higher ceiling to what Ipswich can achieve playing this way. Like they could have changed things a little bit, maybe, I don't know, go more direct or to to find ways to win these sort of games. But we all hope Ipswich are going to get promoted. And I think this style of play is, is a style of play that can carry them a lot higher because um, you know, when you when you play better teams. I think this has just got this has got a higher ceiling in what what can be achieved. So it's just I think these are just some little wrinkles and frustrating days that we need to kind of suck up along the way and and uh, trust the process is uh, is the is the catchphrase and the buzz phrase, isn't it? That that it will over over the long over the long haul take Ipswich to where they want to be. There'll there'll be more good days than bad with the with the way this Ipswich Town team is playing. That's for sure. Mm. 
Hutchman, I suppose we have to talk about the Cheltenham goal because it was massively against the run of play. And it was, it, there's no other way of saying it. And I don't really like highlighting goalkeepers because they make a mistake and invariably that means a goal's been scored against them. Um, but you have to say disappointed with Walton for that one. Yeah, definitely. Um, two weeks, two games in a row for him, um, where where he'll have has conceded goals that he should have done a lot a lot better with, and, and goals that he would expect to do better with. But it's a it's not just him on this one. The whole team got got sucked over. Um, an outstretched Humphrey's leg couldn't cut out a, a ball across, a um, and then the Ipswich are far far too narrow. It's a you shouldn't as a goalkeeper you should not be beaten from that position but it's also it's also a difficult it's a difficult position to defend as a goalkeeper when you've got a player with that much space in that much in that at that kind of angle because are you expecting a near post shot maybe but are you expect from that angle could you should you also be anticipating a ball across the box yeah um, and it's taken him by surprise, but ultimately it's gone through his body, and and you you can't let a ball go through your body like that um, to concede. But it's not that there's other there's other factors in the build up to it, I think. But obviously, when you watch it back, it's it's not great, not great mm. for a goalkeeper that's more than capable of of saving that. Mm. How about the, the the performance of players as a whole, Hutchie? Because young Cameron Humphreys had to come in uh, and start. Obviously, we talk about Don Ball in a bit and that injury news. Um, how do you think he did? I know from the ratings, I think he was your joint man of the match. Yeah, I I really enjoyed watching him. I I I, I got a, f- a few responses to that. So he was at fault for the goal. I'm not sure he was at fault for the goal. I think he he could have he could have cut that out if he was a maybe had an extra foot mm. or in height. Um, I really enjoyed watching him. He's just so positive that in the first half, the amount of through balls that he played um, in really tight positions, particularly to Davis um, down down that left side. Um, slightly different approach to, to Evans. Evans is more of a sweeper, he, uh, a bit of a more a lateral, kind of a lateral player, whereas Humphreys plays a bit more vertically um, and is a bit more progressive both both good approaches um but I, I enjoyed watching Humphreys just play those through balls and try and thread um that became harder as as uh, in these games we know that the lines get more and more compact and bodies get more and more compact that became more and more difficult as as the half went on and Ipswich were working more from the edge of the box rather than threading from deep but um I don't think there's any issue with him in that in that side whatsoever played played well I thought with Morsi mm. who I thought played well that's a good point about Evans being a sort of a lateral player. I think in these sort of games, where to, against a low block where people are just defending their box, you've got to push and pull and shift players out of position to create the space. And Lee Evans can do the Hollywood switch of sixty yards and immediately find find the spare man and find the space. Maybe you know that there is that was an example of a game where you you probably lack his unique skill set. Yeah, we'd have been talking after this game about how much of the ball Evans had, and that, and that is, that's really important, isn't it? Because you've, if you've got, you know, you're going to get the ball in the middle of the Cheltenham half. That's where Ipswich attacks could begin every single time if they wanted to, and that's where Evans would have dominated possession and, and like you say, switch the ball from side to side, maybe get the fullbacks involved that bit more um, as the game as the game went on, um, but. I, I thought Humphreys played well, but he is a different player. 
to Evans. They're, they're all different players to Evans, aren't they? Let's be honest. There, there is, there's not an Evans replacement in there as such. Mm. Someone who was replaced early doors, Roscoe, was of course Genoi, the boy. Um, we got to see KBY for extended minutes. How do you think he did? I thought he did okay. Yeah, it was sort of sad to see Genoi go off because I um, mean, uh, you know, his last bit of action was him marauding forward, weren't it? Um, but now I thought KVY did okay. He tacked. He had a bit of threat as always. Um, but he hasn't got the same connection as he with you know with Wes Burns as Genoi has. But um, I thought he did okay. Um, I don't know if the boys want to say anything else. Um, I thought he did okay. <laughs> yeah, no, I, thought, I, thought, I thought he did okay. It's a it's a it's a really positive game for him to come into because in terms of defensive stuff, he wasn't asked to do an awful lot. It was all kind of forward facing for him. Um, I think it was him who shrugged off the ball. Cheltenham could have scored a second, couldn't they, straight after the first? And I think he got a little bit out muscled in in the build up to that one. Um, but yeah, could not could have scored with his first touch yeah. almost. But um, yeah, that shot at the near post saved, didn't he? But yeah, it was, it was a shame seeing Genoi go off because it was his sort of marauding run that had left to a, a led to a, the harness shot coming down off the bar, wasn't it? Um, early on, I think that's just precautionary. Genoi, Genoi coming off with the number of injuries they've got at the moment. I think they mm. said he just said I've got a bit of tightness. I don't know where, but um, they thought it was prudent to to take him off and take no risks. I feel tightness all the time. Just all, I'm just always tight. Where are you particularly tight, Hutchie? Just uh, my back. When I stand up, it takes me. <laughs> I have to kind of unfold myself when I stand up. It's like it, I, I kind of, I kind of walk. My first steps after standing up, I kind of walk, f- leaning forwards until I take a few seconds to un, start to straighten myself up. That's because I sit in this chair talking to you lot all day. Yeah. Oh dear, oh dear, oh, old man. It's- Sound of a tiny violin there. Ross, have you started to get any old man pains yet? Only when I play football or in a car for a while, but I shouldn't be moaning at 26. So give me <laughs> give me a couple more years and yeah, we'll, we'll see. Absolutely. Um, friends, we've, we've talked often and uh, in excited tones about Town's arsenal of attacking weaponry uh, and intent going forward. So, Stewie, talk to me how, how you felt when, when Cameron Burgess was brought on and, and chucked up top because we talked about town having this wonderfully analytical um, approach and all these options. And then in this game, they just go, I'll oh, chuck the big lag on up top. See what happens. Yeah. That uh, was only in what not, that was 90th minute. I think before they did that, it wasn't for any sort of prolonged spell, but I think this was a game that highlighted um, how the, the, the depth of the squad has diminished in recent weeks. That it, we talked about Ipswich having these sort of specialist players that could that could come on and help change games in these sort of games in particular, where you're getting frustrated and a bit of patience is required. You look back to earlier in the season, Greg Lee could come on for a for relief Davis on on the left and and maybe provide a bit of bit of physicality. Uh, just, just some fresh legs. Um, you got to remember, Leif Davis is playing his first real season of week in, week out football, and he's such a high octane, dynamic player. I think just not being able to replace him with with fresh legs is one. Shawnee Aluko is someone that can come on and just just calm things down and keep the ball and maybe th- you know thread that little final pass when it's all getting a bit tight and intricate. 
no Tyrese John Jules for you know fresh legs up up front in this game. That meant that sort of Caden Jackson is your is your striker that you can bring off the bench. I don't think this was a game for for Caden Jackson away from home against Sheffield Wednesday or Plymouth, where they're coming at you and there's some space for the counter attack and space to run in behind. That's a Caden Jackson game when it's against a low block. And there's just no space in behind. He he needs space to open his legs and and sprint. And there was none of that there for him. So a few of these injuries are just starting to mount up. It's still a good squad. Don't get me wrong. Most people in this division would kill for it, but they're just starting to lose a few little specialist weapons that can can help when the, when they hit that sort of frustrating seventy minute mark. The one they did have though was Kyle Edwards, and he I thought he looked really really good when he came on um, a real freshness about here, but uh, some invention um, was able to, to kind of chop his way past a few and create a little bit, but that these, these lack of options now are uh, maybe may highlighting the fact that, that Marcus Harness and, um, and Connor Chaplin are, are not, they're not at the high standards they were at earlier in the season. I think, I think I'm right in saying they've scored once in 10 between them now, when we were talking a month or so ago about it's, it doesn't matter about the strikers not scoring goals because there's goals galore from the from the 10, 10 mm. positions and they're still good players of course they are but even if you've not you've not got sort of a luco to give them that that respite it may be to kind of mix it up a little bit um even obviously the john the john jules injury we're talking about is in the context context of strikers i i, I really like john jules as a as one of the deeper players i i, I early 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 days of the season he was coming on in one of those deeper roles i really liked him there something a bit different a bit of a bit more physicality and power from from the deeper attacking roles and uh, he's kind of not been used there of late he's one that but... could have been quite useful in this game you know, he's quite good in tight areas he's got that nice little body swerve that can mm. go past somebody he's decent in the air as well so he might have been one that could have attacked some of those crosses in the box so he was just another just another one that was missing a little bit. I mean, we forget about Gasana Hadmi. You talk about Burgess coming on as the big man up front or whatever. <clears throat> you know, Hadmi would have been the physical option. That's why they went and signed him for these sort of scenarios where you need to turn to someone who can just be physical and robust and, and create a bit of chaos. So we forget about him sort of having not been available for, for a little while as well. So um, hopefully this is just the period of the season where Ipswich have had their, their bad luck with injuries and they can ride this out. And then we're talking about Christmas time, hopefully sooner with, with some of these players coming back and, and, and other teams will hit their their bad spells. The, the Christmas games come thick and fast just as Ipswich are getting getting some of these back and they can just ride out this period um, until, until the options are boosted again. Shall we have that? Chaplin, the injury thing, because that's something that I wanted to discuss. Andy, you're writing a jaunty analysis of the injury situation for tomorrow's print and web. Um, so it's worth, I think, just refreshing who's actually out and, and when they might be back. So obviously Dominic Ball was the big news from the weekend, potentially out for the season with a knee injury. He's, he's done his meniscus, which, boys, turns out I've done the same thing. I went and saw a consultant last week and I apparently thinks I might have torn my meniscus. I've got to have a scan and then it might be surgery. I reckon I might have to wait a little while for that, though. Um, so ball out. Tyrese John Jewell's out for, what was the quote, weeks, not months. Um, I think so it's the all... other way around. Oh, is it? Yeah. Months, not weeks. Okay. So he's out for a long term as well. Um, and that obviously adds to Greg Lee, Lee Evans, Shawnee Aluko, Gassana Hadmi, and obviously Burgess and, and Kamara 
just getting back. So just by way of um, marking time out, Sean and Luca were saying Christmas, yeah? That's that's what... Yeah, an uns- unspecified Christmas period. It's the, the in and around... Uh, the classic f- in and footballism. around. He, he's an in and arounder, as is Lee Evans. They're in and arounders. You, can you be in and around at the same time? I don't know. Anyway, um, so Lee Evans is what? Is he Christmas as well? He's in and, in and around, yeah. Okay. Greg Lee? Uh, coming weeks. He's, he's is he, getting is he back back on the grass? He, I think he might Somewhere. be back on the. I think he might be back on the grass. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and Hadmi, obviously, he's done his foot. Oh, is he also an in and around Christmas? No, he's no. a he's an in and around the Buxton game. Ah, okay. So he's he's more imminent. Um, so they're they're the they're the main well, all the injuries there. Um, Hutchie, give us a sneak insight into your jaunty analysis when you look I at wish- that. My my first thought is that I wish I hadn't used the word jaunty this morning <laughs> when we were, when we were discussing uh, what this might be, because um, yeah, it it will be what it will be. Um, they miss these players. Is is the ultimate upshot of all of this? Each in their own individual way. We've talked about most of them already, actually, mm. um, in terms of what's being missed. But they each bring something different, and by not being around, you. They've each you each lose something different. Every single one, their absence is covered by somebody who is good, a good football player. Like Lee Evans was covered by Don Ball until Don Ball got injured. He's now covered by Cam Humphreys, who we've been talking about in in really glowing terms for several weeks now. They've all got cover, but it's the we were talking about the strength of Ipswich's squad um, being their major card. That card isn't isn't quite there in the same in the same way. Is that that's the up the upshot upshot of all of this really? Um, but ball aside, um, twenty twenty three they'll they'll all be they'll all be available. Um, mm. And Ipswich will be strong will be strong there. Um, a had made, dare I say it, could be like a new signing when he when he uh, returns in a couple of weeks. I'm looking forward to. I'm particularly looking forward to watching him kind of get his town career up and running um actually because he hasn't yet it hasn't hasn't really started for him here yet and he he could just be that different option um looking forward to seeing him but all of them missed in their own way can we uh get the the klaxon going because someone is gonna is gonna say that at some point like a new signing um so you you fired the starting pistol there for a had me stewie is there any um we, we talked there about the kind of lessening of options town have got players out on loan in those positions um, that are maybe weakened at the moment. Is there any argument for bringing any of those back? Matt Penny, for example, doing particularly well, but Motherwell, Rakeem, the dream Harper, not really being dreamlike extra, it has to be said. <laughs> no, I think um, Penny, I don't think you, you I hope with, with Greg Lee's back sort of in the next, we're talking about him being back in training this week. Mm. Um, there's probably, you know, by the time January rolls round, hopefully he'll be back and up to speed. So there'll, there'll be no need there. Central midfield will have to be a sort of suck it and see, I guess, come January. Lee Evans, hopefully, we sort of put back back uh, in the picture by then. Panucci Kamara should be sort of fully up to speed by then. So, yeah, again, by the time January comes round, you know, if you were talking about do, being able to do it now, there'd be a discussion. But but by mm. January, you probably won't need to. If there was somebody who was going to be called back, it wouldn't be Rakeem Harper. I think it would be more likely Idris El Mazzouni at the moment. Um out of yeah. out of those two sort of central midfielders out on loan. Fair enough. Um, Roscoe, of all those players we talked about, who's the biggest miss? 
Mm, like Lee Evans has been a big miss. I think him and Morsey's partnership at the start of the season have been good. Um, Don Ball, he's been interesting for me. I think he's at times. I didn't think he played really well at Bracknell, to be fair. But then it sounds like he's been, you know, playing with an injury. So it's sort of like maybe that's why. Um, but yeah, Sonny Luco has been another one. But I Shorty. think he's been. Shawnee, sorry, 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 Shawnee. But um, I think it was Andy, you did a, a piece with him um, about or McKenna saying that he's still been fantastic in the dressing room. So um, even I'm sure even with these players injured, they're still at the training ground day in, day out. I'm sure they, they still, you know, interact. They're not like just chucked in a room. I'm sure that's where they are most of the time in a rehab room, getting a rehab. But I'm sure they're not just chucked there like, yeah, we'll speak to you when you're back. You know, you're not involved, but I'm sure they're always involved. So, yeah. I'd rather have Aluko being fantastic on the pitch, though. I think right now him and Evans would, yes. would be. If, if I could suddenly summon two of them from their yeah. from their sick beds, yeah. uh, I think probably Evans and Aluko would be would be the two the two right now, along with along with um, with John Jules. I, I, with John Jules, he he, I think he's being been asked a lot of burden has gone on him that maybe wasn't expected to go on him. I think he he started really well. Um, Ipswich and has maybe outperformed expectation and has become sort of a really big, really big player for Ipswich there. Um, but I, I really liked him in those withdrawn roles, and I and I think with Harness and Chaplin maybe not quite on it, Aluko and 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 John Jules just being in that attacking unit would would just strengthen the whole thing, the whole thing up. Um, but Aluko hasn't been a factor for a couple of months now, and. Um, I think his his impact has been forgotten maybe a little bit. I agree with all of that. Let's not overlook Greg Lee as well. I think he was playing a really important role off the bench, such a powerhouse. And, you know, I think uh, I think he's sort of uh, his specialist skills just in terms of rotation and impact off the bench have, uh, have not helped as well. Um, so, yeah. I, th- but- I think they've got by better than I expected them to without Greg Lee. I thought he, I thought his absence would be more noticeable. Um, but you're right. He he does bring a different dimension to that position back there. They're fortunate that Kane Vincent Young can play both sides, but he's not Greg Lee. He's very he's very different. Obviously, the Bracknell game he played really well at left back, but that that was Bracknell in in, in an FA Cup tie. Um, there's a reason Greg Lee was signed, and 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 to not have him is has been really really big. Ross, you're desperate to say something. You've had your hand up. You've been tapping yourself on your head. What do you want to say? I just want to apologise to Greg Lee if he's listening. I, I wouldn't say I forgot about him, but I should have no, I should have said about him because, yeah, he has been a big miss. And I, I saw him on Saturday just walking on the touchline. I was like, oh, yeah. Can't wait to see him back. So yeah, apologise to Greg Lee. Look forward to it. He wasn't. Return. He wasn't locked up in this sort of self isolation <laughs> room that you've you've put all of the injured players in at Playford Road. No, he's 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 allowed out. On match days are allowed out. So yeah, so he was he was, he was there. disgrace. Where is his uh, where is his commitment to getting fit again? Yeah, rehab. He's locked rehab, up rehab. in that little room. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, friends, we we got away there from the game. Um, I just want to come back to the game just for one more point, uh, Stewie, because yeah. I was quite interested with with Kieran McKenna's comments to you after the game um and it's always difficult to to read um how they're delivered when you're just reading them in in, in black and white on a page but he kind of he said things like I, I could say things about the ref but i'm not going to i wouldn't read too much into that that was one very very calm comment this wasn't certainly in the pointed 
words in the direction of Dan okay. Cowley post Portsmouth. Yep. That was just a. I didn't think the ref was great, but I want to talk about us. But it, you said you're never quite sure how to read them. Just take mm. just take it for as granted that they're, they're calm and considered. Always um, calm. Always the same. Very um very level, Mister McKenna. Win win lose or draw, he's. I think he's quite good. At, you quite often see managers in that sort of golden hour after a result being quite emotional. And then we we often then speak to them maybe a few days later in the build-up to the next game and their analysis changes quite a bit because they've watched the game back two or three okay. times. They've calmed down. They've seen the bigger picture of it. McKenna seems to be able to get to that position quite quickly. Like Even after the Charlton game, after all the drama of stoppage time, even then he was able to kind of do quite a good bigger picture analysis. The same again at this weekend. Um, it, and I think ultimately he'll say that performances lead to points over the long run. If you if you produce that performance 46 times, how many times would you win the game? And the answer would be, I don't know how many, but a lot. Mm. Um, and you, you, sometimes you watch football and you go, they're getting results, but I'm not sure, you know, they're going to get found out at some point because the performances aren't there. And I think we've got the reverse of that at the moment where Ipswich have got the performances. Um, they haven't got the results that those performances have, have deserved more often than not. How, if you went through all the games this season, you could probably find loads of examples of games where they probably deserved more. And I don't think you can probably find a single example of a, of a, of a result that they've maybe not quite deserved. I can't think of anything off the, no. off the top of my head. So that gives me a lot of heart that, you know, just keep, keep doing what you're doing, stick to it. And, um, and, and they'll be all right. They'll be fine. Okay. Any other notes from the game? Hutchie, Rossi, before we move on to the wider picture. Um, I've still not seen the handball penalty back. Um, that that was booked, but the one that the penalty that was that was like deeper into the second half. The the, the one that I thought was a penalty was Freddie Ladapo being pulled pulled back inside the box. That's the one on first viewing that I that I thought was a penalty. Um, I just really the way that that chances were kind of spread around this team. Um, the list when we did our post match video on Saturday night, Stu had a list of them out in front of him, um, which I dare say he's still got in front of him on his little notepad now. But if you look at the, the players that have had chances in this game, one we talked about Leif Davis from left back having a header, both centre backs had other chances to score. Obviously, Wolfenden did, Edmondson had had one fingertip saved by, by the goalkeeper, Wolfenden had a headed chance that he probably didn't commit everything that he, he needed to. to. To, to score that. Kane Vincent Young, right back. He had a shot. Morsi, shots from outside the box. Humphrey should have scored. Marcus Harness has hit the underside of the bar and headed the ball wide. Camera, um, Connor Chaplin has had shots blocked. Um, Ladapo's had a really good a really good header, a header saved by a goalkeeper who by that point I think had a broken nose. Um, so every the whole team basically had mm. chances to score apart from Christian Walton in this in this game. And, um, and then obviously Panucci Kamara's hit at the inside of the post in stoppage time as well, or even the substitutes coming on and doing it. So chances galore um, from all areas of the pitch. Um, yeah. This isn't like they threw the kitchen sink at Cheltenham, but didn't, didn't create anything at the end of it. 
that would be more of a concern if you're just like they camped in and it, if we we're talking about Ipswich had 75% of possession and all those shots but they were all the Lincoln game from memory there wasn't as many clear cut no. chances as this one was there it was like but ultimately it was kind of pot shots from outside the box that were blocked and this was a different story there was there was enough chances to win three or four games of football in mm. this and you just reeled off all those chances there it's interesting then that we get the for me, far too simplistic debate of, well, it's the striker's fault. Get you know, get a better striker, get a better, get someone better than Freddie Ladapo, and we win that game. You know, he wasn't the one that missed all those big chances that we've we've just reeled off. And people will go, well, he should be getting on the end of more of these crosses that are flying through the box. I've watched back quite a lot of this game this morning. He worked really hard. He charged down the goalkeeper. He put pressure on the centre halves. He dropped into that little forty-yard space back to goal play, sort of facilitating facilitating others on any other day Ipswich win that game by three four five clear goals and and we don't have that discussion about Freddie Ladapo today we don't have this big discussion we've just had about the injured players that they're missing um I know you can't just sort of shrug it off because it's happened twice in the space of the last month or so but I honestly think Ipswich are in such a good place at the moment and we, we need to keep sight of that yeah Rossi, uh, I particularly enjoyed game day. Uh, I always enjoy game day, but again, it was it was a it was a really good twenty three minutes after the game on Saturday with with various people getting involved, some really sensible thoughts and understandable frustrations. Um, and one of those clearly is around what Stu just touched on. There, we've been talking about is we referred to Lincoln as oh, it's just one of those days, and then Charlton's a, a freak result that will never happen again. It would never happen again, and then Cheltenham. 74% possession, 29 shots, 15 corners, and they don't win. So although for every, all the reasons that the boys have just said, clearly Tanner in, in, in a good place, there does have to be some conversation, doesn't there, around, well, we can't just keep saying it's just one of those days. If it, if it happens again, not a one-off. Um, where do you stand on that? And uh, and what were the fans saying to you after the game? Yeah, just most of them were just like, how have we not won that game? How has that goal not gone in? How has that shot not gone in? How have we not scored from that corner? Of course, there was some like, you know, you know, we've got a plan B. Have we got this? Have we got that? Um, but I think most just were sensible. You know, most people were sensible. You know, it's just one of those days, you know, once again, praising Cheltenham because they did they did block, they did everything. Um, but just, just, yeah, just... Just a frustrating day. Like I know the one cliche is like, oh, we could be still playing now. We would still not score, mm. um, which could could possibly be the play um, the case. But, I'd uh, love to see that tested. We quite often yeah. hear that very often. <laughs> that we still yeah. sort of like, let, I'd love to see that tested one time. They just keep going for about forty eight hours and see what yeah. what the score. That's a great would be. idea. Maybe once a season, a manager has a card, and yeah. in, in, in a game like this, they can just McKenna can just walk out and just play it, <laughs> and then what's the what's the scenario? Is it does it end when they score? Or do they have to play all day from that point? They literally they, have to play. No, until I midnight. want. Yeah, I mean, what what is it? The cliche is we could have played all day and not scored, isn't it? Mm, so I yeah. guess that's what you have to test. You then have until midnight to score. Um, nice, and, we, and we'll see what happens. I, I really like that. Can we make that happen? Can you it's, use your your power seven more speak? hours? Of yeah, seven hours stoppage time. What great value that <laughs> the, would be as the well. Board, <laughs> the board has gone up. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be the when you play it, isn't it? That'd be when you play it. McKenna's had a little word with the, with the guy who's got the the board, and it goes up. We're playing till midnight. We're playing all day. Yeah. You'd have to play it really late just to start. 
like because Cheltenham think, oh, we're going to get a draw, we're going to get a draw here. And then you play it really, really late. Oh, he's, gone, he's gone for the all day card. I mean, <laughs> yeah, people will say logistically that's not going to work, and there's many other reasons why he can't do it. But I say do it. Imagine that. What? What? Because they might. It might only take him five minutes. Hmm. But imagine if they were still playing at half eleven at night. Is it still like a golden goal then? So if you score that, that ends the game. I think so, don't you? I mean, it's your idea, Stu. I've just, I've just run with it. What do you reckon? Well, it's, it's a, yeah, it's a working idea. Yeah, um, I like, I like it. I think part it's great. of the cliche, the cliche is played. We would have played all day and still not scored. So I think you, yeah. I think you have to end it on the goal. On the goal, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Let's go with that. Um, why, why aren't we in charge of football, boys? It'd be loads better. But what if like? What would Cheltenham get any say the clock strikes midnight? Yeah. And it's still one if, one. I think Does Cheltenham if, get anything extra for I think there has to be some that. sort of point yeah, maybe a points bonus, you know, to get in rugby. Um so if, if McKenna's played the will play all day and they don't score, I think Cheltenham have to get a significant points bonus. <laughs> if they if they see out the the seven hour stoppage you, time, yeah, they get the you, win. Even though you, it's technically yeah. a draw, they get what the three ha- What happens if they score? Does the does the uh, um, they should I would argue they that should almost be like a four point win. I think it's if more you, than four points. If you've gone against the card and, and should picked, get docked points. <laughs> I think what is it the bonus they call it the bonus point win, don't they, in rugby? If they if they score a certain mm. amount of tries. So I think it has to be something along those lines. If you've if you've defied the will play all day card, I think you have to get more than a point. Do you get any win. extra substitutes? Well, again, I mean, this is, is this it, is like a, a live a live production meeting here on this idea. But um, this is essentially I, next goal wins in the playground, isn't it? And and yeah. that, when that next goal comes, nobody knows. It could take it could take seven hours. It well, it's next goal wins as long as it's scored before midnight, isn't it? Hmm. Do you wouldn't play it on an evening game, would you? Because no. you're only going to get you're only going to get two extra hours. Then that'd be that'd be poor use of the card. You wouldn't. That would be silly. Um, I mean, I'm not sure about the crowd as well. As we as we get to sort of ten to midnight. Where they'd be able to lift themselves. <laughs> the true diehards. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who's left? Who's left? Um, oh, well, that clearly is the highlight of today's pod, boys. Um, and that's a revolutionary idea that I want to see introduced in football. Uh, but just just for dotting the I's and crossing the T touchy, Stu and Ross have both spoken there about the wider picture with town and, and why there's many reasons to be um happy and not concerned. But just stating for the record, given these things have happened recently. You're, there is no reason, as far as you're concerned, to be worried about well, these. No. Just another day. Well, no. Just think, think back a year. Uh, how mm. good a team are Ipswich Town now compared to November of 2021? It's it's night and day. Um, they're a brilliant football team to watch. But I do, I do think you, we kind of need to remember sometimes that that these are this is a League One football team. Um, Stu used the example in the thing he he wrote at the weekend of, of Manchester City, who had a similarly frustrating day at home to mm-hmm. a home to Brentford and, and um, lost that game, had chances, but had far more clinical football players on the pitch because obviously they're, they're top flight world-class football players. Um, I think you're going to have days where the, the clinical side of it just isn't here with a, with a league one side, but they're playing really good football. They're coached fantastically. They're good players. They're a unit. They're a proper team. They're good players for this level. Um, and there's there's no reason to believe that they're not going to be firmly in an automatic promotion fight. But 
you can't afford to have too many too many more days like this they'll face more of them um because if you drop points in in games like this you're losing that little bit of the leeway that you have for, for mm. like recently Ipswich lost at Plymouth wasn't a disaster to lose at Plymouth because they were picking up all the points they needed from the games they really needed to win can't have too many like this because then if you, you you're kind of lacking that that leeway but they're in a really good place they're picking up the right number of points per game they're scoring enough goals um in in general and if you look at up and down the league and they've made such big strides from where they were a year ago um even like you're talking about strides a year ago i'd say almost you talk about the lincoln game people talking about lightning striking twice here i think they're very different types of games i know people will go similar amount of shots similar frustration but the Lincoln game was born out of a really slow start where they didn't get the crowd on side. And, you know, they rectified that on this occasion. The Lincoln game was loads of possession, but didn't really have a load of clear cut chances. They rectified that in this game. It was just that the goal didn't didn't come. So this was definitely the Lincoln game. When we talk about there being one of those days, there was mm. things that could be improved on that. I think this is def- genuinely just one of those days. This was like Kieran McKenna's parting comment was, don't walk any under any ladders, lads, tonight or something like that. As he walked out of the press room, he just knows that you could. Uh, if you if you replayed that game a hundred times, Ipswich would probably win it ninety eight, ninety nine times, wouldn't they? So, um, yeah, they're, they're they're moving forward week by week, month by month. They, they're getting have better. You, have you come up with another idea? Yeah, then? I think there's another card. There's yeah. another card. Yeah, <laughs> right, lads. Ninety nine. <laughs> We replayed it. They, they play it a hundred times. <laughs> yeah. And you you have to win it ninety-nine times to get the points. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Now that would that would be uh that would be a bit of a, a thing to get through, wouldn't it? <laughs> you play that card. Yeah. I think there is there's definitely mileage in this testing of cliches though around around football. Let's let's make them cards, let's make them playable. That's I think that's the big takeaway from maybe we from could today. put together a pack of cliche cards as a yeah. as a Christmas gift for and every manager, every manager gets one. They can play at some point during the season. The cliche <laughs> cards, um, boys. Let's move on from this, shall we? Um, and I, I know it's something that Hutchie want to talk about. It's a pizza trophy, baby. We found out finally on Friday night, at a frankly ridiculous time to be having a any kind of cup draw. What's that all about? R- madness, Stu. I mean, you were the one poor bastard had to cover it at, at ten o'clock on a Friday night. Yeah, after a championship game yeah. whose clubs aren't involved in the competition. Great, let's just do it then. And Town have got Pompey at home, Hutchie. Um, how do you feel about this? We know your 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 views on this competition are long stated, um, but you don't really want to be playing Pompey at this stage, do you? Um, you've got to beat them sometime, haven't you? Um, I'm not sure who knows what kind of team Portsmouth will put, will put out for that. Um, when is it next week? Yeah, uh, I don't think the date's been officially set, but the ties are being played next week, aren't they? I don't think Ipswiches has been set in stone yet, but I imagine that'll be Tuesday Tuesday of next week, yeah. Could be the Wednesday, couldn't it, I guess, because they're playing... Mm, the following know. Sunday they're playing. They play the, the following cup. Sunday, so that might yeah. give them the sort of the maximum gap between the two ties, but yeah, at some point next week. While we're on this, the, the Bracknell Cup game, Sunday at five o'clock, more nonsense. What what on earth is going on, boys? That one's really irritating because I don't think I can get that excited for anything at five o'clock on a Sunday that doesn't involve that doesn't involve being on a sofa. 
a roast dinner. That's what you want to be doing at five o'clock on a Sunday. Not it's five five o'clock on a four. Like there's obviously the Premier League regularly play games at four four thirty on a Sunday, but it's five. For, it's it is it's it's odd, isn't it? And so harsh on the Buxton fans. Yeah. I think who it's their big day it, out, isn't it? I know it's not not anymore. It's not. It's their Sunday night in Suffolk. Is what just bizarre, really bizarre. Um, any thoughts on that, Rossi? You've st- you've been quiet for a while. Rubbish, just rubbish. <laughs> just yeah, we we all know our thoughts on that. They don't think about the fans, overseas mm. fans. Like, who's really watching Bucks and Ipswich Town in the second round of the FA Cup mm. in the middle of a World Cup as well? Yeah. yeah, Spain v Germany kicks off that like quite soon after that. Is that right? Wow, I think I know what I'll be watching. Neither Bucks and on holiday. <laughs> <laughs> country file yeah exactly um friends we're coming to the end of the show now um rossi i think it's worth noting because every so often it's nice to push track the girls talk the, the girls had a big win yesterday in the fa cup oh sorry i was waiting for you to like expand on that but yeah big win luton town that's your job first round. yeah, yeah. Might, might to expand on it uh, but yeah i was at burton rovers football club um yep. shout out to um chicken george and uh, that's the food we had on after after the game and it was very nice um you know me i like my chicken um but yeah that seven the, that's win. the big takeaway from the game that one yeah pretty much you know there were seven goals and we're through to the second round of the fa cup but um yeah that was that um and also a big shout out to sophie pescott um who made her return uh we're hopefully gonna have her on track the girls talk this week but yeah she's been out for a year with an ACL injury. So it was just great to see her back on the pitch. You know, seeing players return for such mm. a long layoff is always good to see them return. And she took about four minutes to get involved in setting up a goal. So, um, yeah, she yeah didn't need to worry about not getting involved. She got right and stuck in. So, yeah, 7-0 win against Luton. Happy days. And the draw is at lunchtime, isn't it? Yeah, so this will be out by the time that will be hit. So it could be Norwich, could be anybody. Um, or it could just be a boring tie. But the thing is, we could have a double FA Cup header, you know, because it's the same weekend as the Buxton game. So, yeah. So, yeah, so the girls could play at like lunch lunchtime on Sunday and then yeah. then you've got the uh, the 5pm Buxton game on the, yeah. on the Sunday so to finish off. Hopefully with. they're at home. Hopefully they're at home. Mm. Um, because I think they'll kick off at like 1 o'clock or 12 o'clock and then town, town fans can race down to, to Port and Road to see the Buxton game. Because mm. it's a big, isn't Fabio Wardley fighting that weekend as well? Saturday. He is. He's fighting Saturday for the British title. Me and Rossi are going to go and see him tomorrow. Biggest fight of his career against what the guy. What a weekend! What a weekend! If if everything comes to fruition, um, boys, it's Monday. It's quarter past eleven, but we aren't going to have another pod this week. At least not a traditional pod because we're all off from Jolly Boys outing to Manchester on Wednesday to see if we're finally lifting some silverware at the Football Content Awards. Thus, we'll be in bits and traveling back on Thursday, which means you've got a special pod you're going to put out, Andy. I'd like you to talk about that. And I'd also like you to talk about Exeter, how you're feeling about that. Because on Friday, having traveled to Manchester, you'll then be off to Exeter. Exeter had a very good win at the weekend, by the way. Uh, beat, beat Posh, didn't they? Giovanni Brown scoring loads of goals. Um, so, Hutchie, talk a little about Exeter and this, this special pod that people have got winging its way towards them on Thursday. Yeah, uh, Exeter. Um uh, Stu and I have kind of taken Exeter under our wing a, li- a little bit. There's a, a podcast we've stumbled stumbled across called My New Football Club, who 
is uh, fronted by comedian and actor David Earl, who you might recognise from uh, Derek. He was in Derek and Afterlife with Ricky Gervais, the, uh, basically playing the same character in both. Uh, disgusting bloke, basically. Um, <laughs> he's a very he's a very funny man, but he's moved to Devon and has uh, started supporting Exeter sort of inside the last year. Um, and he's quite funny. And um, yeah, we spent a bit of time with him on here online last week, just talking about football players, their legs, uh, which um, hairstyles and things like that, which I think is how he's found his way into supporting Exeter. So yeah, um, hopefully people enjoy that. Something a bit different. Some people might not know who he is at all and find it very bizarre and weird. Um, Others might find it interesting, but uh, we enjoyed it, didn't we, Stu? We did. We did. That'll be going out on Thursday in place of the usual midweek pod, as I say. Um, it'd probably be better, let's be honest, boys. Um, how much of that was you quoting office quotes back at each other? Was there any of that? I know you're all massive Gervais fans, clearly. I think we managed to behave ourselves, didn't we? I think we were well aware that we um, that probably wasn't the time or place. Fair enough. Stewie, how are you feeling about travelling to Exeter? <clears throat> Um, well, Exeter is a game. I think this is a completely different type of match to the one that we've just talked about from Cheltenham. Um, arguably, these sort of matches suit Ipswich going away from home, taking on a, a proper footballing uh, side, which Exeter are, by all accounts, um, giving it a real good go following promotion. They've got some some real momentum behind them. Some talented players. You mentioned Giovanni Brown, Jay Stansfield. Great story surrounding him mm. going there on, on loan from, from Fulham. Um, Plenty of others too. Archie Collins in, in midfield um, gave Plymouth a real good go in, in the Devon Derby recently. So just looking forward to this as a as a proper toe-to-toe football match, very different to, to the one we've just seen. Hopefully it suits Ipswich a little bit more. I think um, it'd be good for, for town to go and uh, get, a, get a good positive result there. Hopefully a win and just sort of nip any any of these sort of malingering doubts that have come after, after Charlton and and Cheltenham, um, just just get back on that horse and, and get going again. Mm. Right then, we're coming up to an hour. Just by way of finishing with a bit of fun, Hutchie, we have to play Guess Hutchie's shirt over the right-hand shoulder. It's looks to me, so it's mostly white with purple on the collar and the sleeves. The sponsor is for, for Fort Fortis. Fortis. Would you would you like it brought a bit closer? Yes, please. Yeah. Um, for those not watching. And it's got purple all down the side as well. Um, Fortis is the sponsor. Uh, any thoughts, boys? My initial, it's, my initial. It's guess quite would, old. My initial guess would have been Fiorentina, Fiorentina, but I'm assuming that's wrong. Yeah, Andalex. Andalex, correct. Wow. Ooh. Go on, Rossi. Pluck that out the bag. There you go, on, mate. Andalex shirt from 2001. Is this another new edition or just a cycling? Yeah, on the it rack? is actually new, new yeah. edition. Very, very pleased with it. I like Andalek shirts. Boys Adidas. <laughs> yeah, the, the boys there. Of course he knows. <laughs> <laughs> yep. How, well what's, done, um, what's, uh, what does Mrs. Warren think of that one, Hutchie, your latest purchase? Is she a big fan? Yeah, loves that one. <laughs> yeah, big fan of that one. <laughs> do, do, do you get requests to pop it on? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Put, like put your Andalette that. away 2000, 2001 <laughs> on, will you, Andy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's more of a fan of goalkeeper shirts. Oh, really? Okay. She likes she mm. likes the padding. 
Excellent. What a mental image on which to end today's show. Friends, I hope you've enjoyed it. There's been a lot of chat around various things. We've come up with an idea which could probably make football loads better as well. So uh, look forward to FIFA introducing that in due course. Friends, just a reminder to please support our sponsors. Obviously, you know about Manscaped, use the code uh, KOA for 20% off and free delivery of all their excellent clobber in the run-up to Christmas. And also, of course, Ginger Pickle. If you like your pickle ginger, search for Ginger Pickle, as Mike Bacon will tell you. Um, and there's obviously an opportunity which uh, ends this week to to win two pairs of tickets to the Fleetwood game on December the 2nd. Look on our social media for details how to enter that. We're drawing a winner later on this week. Um, and also, please, friends, leave us a five-star review on iTunes because we've not had one of those for a while. Um, and it helps us lift visibility in the iTunes charts and more people can find us. And that's tremendous. We're going to Manchester on Wednesday. Then the boys are off to Exeter this weekend. Boys, any other business? No other business. No other business. Superb. We shall see you on the flip side of what we've just discussed to break it all down even further. Although I will be off. So look forward to more bacon next time we speak. Have a great week and we'll speak to you again next time.